Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. Sometimes we need to detach in order to make a choice. I want to talk about this idea of detaching and why it's so important. Detaching is a way of removing our ego out of a conversation and out of a relationship so that we can remove a unhealthy codependency that exists between ourselves and another person. Some people call it letting go. Other people call it uh, detaching from the negative value of that person. And what drives the attachment between two people is the desire for approval. So if that, if you feel that that person's, you're okay, if that person approves, then you're happy. If you feel uh, bad, if that person disapproves, then you are sad. And so there's a conditional premise behind your happiness dependent on another person. Detachment says, I can be happy even if you are disapprove. I can be happy even if you approve. Because you have a strong confidence in who you are and you believe that your happiness is not dependent on another person. Sometimes when we are interacting with people, the person that we're interacting with is has a strong desire to survive. When you hear that phrase, I'm just trying to survive, what does it really mean? It means that they have high expectations, there are certain standards of performance that they base their happiness upon, and they're seeking approval based on that performance. But in reality, you are valuable, you matter, despite your performance. We are not all world performers. We cannot all run sub 10 second, 100 meter dashes. We all fall short of some level of performance standard. We may perform better than others comparatively and still be remain unhappy if we tie our happiness to performance. We can be happy whether we perform at world-class levels or we perform at the best we can do. I remember several times when I was growing up feeling that I wasn't as important or happy about myself because I felt like I had to perform at a certain level 
and I knew I could perform at that level. But there were things that were blocking me. And so dependency on those factors made me feel like I wasn't happy. I remember talking to a bishop about my situation, and he reassured me that that I was valuable and that I would go on to be very successful and not to worry uh, that about my performance, that he felt that I was performing very well. And that made me feel good. It, it validated my feelings, and I liked the feeling when I talked to him. I've always felt stronger, more confident, and I liked the that the belief that I could do things that were exceptionally well. And I have found in my life things that I do better than other people, significantly better. And, you know, I felt I've learned to remember those things as my confidence begins to grow and as my knowledge and capabilities increase. You know, we can feel, we, we can think about our connection in our relationships. You know, how are we connected? Are we, are we connected in a healthy behavior, positive, a synergistic relationship? Or is it a parasitic relationship where we're taking, we're complaining, we're murmuring, we're dissatisfied, and we're not giving in that relationship. Or perhaps we're giving in the relationship, but not getting reciprocated. We're giving our time, we're giving our money, we're giving our attention. And what's returning back to us is no feedback. And so we wonder, should we continue to give? Should we continue to try? Should we We make the effort when it, there is no reciprocation? And I think sometimes the answer is, it depends. Because I know of cases where people have given for a long time, and through that giving, it softened the heart. But then we have to ask, Does that, my giving, contribute to the other person's negative behavior? And if the answer is yes, then that giving can um, be harmful. I remember specifically a case where I had been praying to God about my mother who was dying from cancer. And while I was praying... I felt the distinct impression that the Lord was standing near her and he understood her pain and suffering, yet he opened not his mouth. And I wondered about that, that all he was providing was his strength. And I could see my mother was struggling. And when she 
one night when I decided to call her, I had an impression to call her, it was late at night, and I knew that she would have gone to sleep, but I had the distinct impression to call her, so I did, and I apologized to her for calling so late at night. And we talked briefly, and then she told me that she appreciated Christ because it was like she was caught in a downward spiral and she couldn't get out. And that he was like a ladder that descended into the abyss and she could climb out. And then I thought about my prayer and what I saw and was the way she climbed out, was it that he pulled her up physically? No. Was it that he spoke to her and gave her uh, reassurance? I don't believe so. Was it that he stood by her and gave her strength to endure the cancer and to pass to the other side? And I think it was yes. Was that an act of love? Absolutely. I really feel the Lord loved my mother and that love uh, helped her overcome her fear of dying. And so she wasn't afraid at the end of her life. I remember uh, talking to her and as clear as today is, and her say, telling me that she would soon stop chemotherapy. And I was like so convinced that she would receive a great miracle. And she had received a great miracle. She had survived three years where her cancer should have taken her within two months. And she had several, several types of cancer that she had survived and managed to stay alive for three years. And when she told me she was gonna stop chemotherapy, I told her, don't do it, Mom, you'll die. And my brother said, it's okay. It's her life. She can choose what she wants to do. You know, and I, I was kind of angry at my brother when he said that. And uh, it took me back for a little while, and I realized that um, she had another purpose. And she said that this would allow, this money would allow others who are suffering from cancer to receive the treatment and have <clears throat> a little longer to live for their loved ones. And it was soon after that that she passed away. And when she did pass away, it was not uh, the horror scene of, of death, but angels coming to get her. And <clears throat> quite a spiritual experience for her as she passed. And there was not that bitterness of death that we often hear about. So we can, we can uh, overcome our weaknesses through Christ's power. He can give us that power. He can lift us up. And he can help us during those times where we, we struggle in life. And it's not that the struggle or the trials were diminished because those trials were painful for her. 
they did not diminish. The cancer did come back. Um, there were glimpses of hope in that there was a Chinese man who was able to re remove the pain of stomach cancer for most of her three years. I never heard her complain about it. But she had these intense, terrible pains in the abdomen region. And he used uh, Chinese medicine to help. And he thought he could stop the cancer completely. Um, but my parents did not believe in him and uh, did not allow him to try. But that's okay because mom had completed her mission in this life and I was satisfied with their choice. You know, we don't have to surrender our pen. We can focus on solutions, we can take actions, and we can have the willingness to continue on with life through the atonement of Jesus Christ. We can believe that Jesus, through his infinite atonement, completely understands us because we are infinite in nature. We've always existed. Intelligence was neither created nor can be destroyed. We existed as intelligence before we were spirit. We were spirit children of our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Parents. We gained, came to this earth, we kept our first estate, and we came to this earth to gain a body and to be proven to see if we would love God and our fellow man and keep God's commandments and prove ourselves to be valiant. And then it was the plan to eventually return home, to be in his presence. But a savior was required because we had all sinned. And that Savior was Jesus Christ. And he provided, he provided the way for us to be understood because he's infinite. He is a God. And we're infinite. We're the beginnings of becoming joint heirs with him. And so he has already experienced everything that we'll experience. I was thinking about that. Everything that we experience in this life or have ever experienced through eternity, he's experienced. An incredible thought. He's experienced our thoughts, our infirmities, but it goes beyond so much more than that. He's experienced our thoughts, our visions and dreams, our achievements, our connections to other people not just in this mortality, but throughout all eternity. So those long-term relationships between families and friends and those who we've touched in this life, he's experienced. He, all things, will give us experience. We're experiencing those things in a linear manner through our what we call mortality. But he, being infinite, has experienced everything that we will ever experience. And that is for every animal, every human being, everything that was involved within creation, I believe. Because it was infinite and it covered everything 
So everything that had intelligence must be uh, within his grasp to understand and to comprehend and to empathize with. He can be fully trusted to understand us, and he does. And so in that view of my prayer, which was not the, the vision that I thought I was, should have received, but when I did, I now understand and accept it so much better that Christ can detach in the hardest situations in our life and still completely understand us, our relationships with that person who's suffering, and the person who is suffering. I'd just like to end this uh, podcast by saying in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.